The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith Running Friends This is how easy it is. You get a spare entry to a race and you put it out there on social media that it is free to a good home, as no one really likes to waste a bib. Or you may ask for a charity contribution via just giving to your favourite cause. It is normally on a first-come, first-served basis via a direct message, and you've already given the place away to a random stranger before the deluge of questions about whether it's still available come flooding in. You meet up at the race and hand over the bib after formally transferring it via the organiser. You say hi, talk running history and favourite races, and then you do your own thing for the race. Afterwards you catch up and maybe grab a post-race drink, a coffee or a hot chocolate in the winter, maybe a pint when it is sunny. And the next thing you know you are keeping an eye out for each other online and meet up a few times at races. Being part of the online community UK Run Chat made it even easier. At Berlin there was a meet-up at a coffee and cake shop the day before and a beer hall the evening after the marathon. At Manchester there was a pasta meal the night before, group photo in the start pens and a pub meet-up after the race. 22 people, all with that one thing in common. Well, at least that one thing. Yeah, for some of them, just that one thing. Sure, some fall by the wayside, others clash, but the majority make it through the filter system if politics and influencer ambassadorships are kept out of the conversation. And then you get, as with life, to choose your running friends. You gravitate towards the same sort of people, those with common ideals and perspectives. The crowd I met when I was ambassador at the anniversary race, a 10k around the then Olympic Stadium to celebrate the anniversary of the London 2012 Olympics, have been there throughout. Jenny Morris, Barry Taverner, JK and Natasha and I met up based on loose Twitter connections via UK RunChat and have been friends ever since. Paula Radcliffe was there too, but she never returns my calls. It was my online friendship with Claire and JK that kind of hooked them up at the Stort 30, or that's how I remember it. It was my running the same Greenwich race with Kaya and pointing out her photos that piqued Baz's interest. And they too became a running item. These were people we now sought out at races, planned races with, especially abroad, and with lashings of alcohol. The fabulous Lewis Clark joined this merry band after coming all the way down to Windsor to run my first race, a 10k with beer stops, after my injury and DNF at Comrades. I didn't know him from Adam, whoever Adam is, and after a few hours drinking in the pub that doubled as a race, Q, race HQ afterwards, we were firm friends. Others come and go, falling foul of the ambassadorship jealousy trap. Rachel joined via JK and Baz after running Paris with them, and would be at two or three of my races each year from then on. St Ictids, both times, and Athens, second time, the whole event, 
was planned beforehand by large DM groups in Twitter, planning meals and drinks before and after, not so much during. You became the intersection in a complex Venn diagram of groups of friends. This group travels abroad. This one needs several pub sessions. And this group is the batshit crazy guys who want to run Grand Union Canal and Western States and the Barclay and, during lockdown, run a thousand kilometres for a virtual Lazarus Lake race across Tennessee. You can find the most amazing people on your journey. I can't say that I am blessed as the phrase itself is overused by social media accounts to to a point where I want to punch myself in the face for even suggesting it. But it enriches my whole running life. You may run alone, but when you aren't running, when you are worrying about the race and the lead up to it or are beaten afterwards, these are the people who get you through anything. Even the notorious power station industrial estate at my next race. Number 11. Brighton. 9th of April 2017. My half marathon PB is at Brighton, albeit in a year when it was officially measured short, so I guess it doesn't count. The annoying thing being that it only measured short by a few hundred yards, and I was more than three minutes under my previous best time, so it would have been a PB regardless. But that is spilt milk under the bridge. I don't have time to look back and gripe. It is just a fact. Grumble, grumble, grumble. The coastal city, with its long promenade and up and downhill section, lends itself to bashing out a good time, whether at the 10k, half or marathon. And the marathon route takes you along the same familiar roads as the half, then adds some nightmarish out and backs along commercial streets, residential areas and the dreaded power station that is near the finish and suffers from a lack of atmosphere. You are boxed in, there is no support, no views, and everyone hates it. It is totally soul-destroying. But more of that particular joy later. The weekend was similar to Manchester in that it had a very heavy UK run-chat feel. There was a good dozen runners I knew there, including JK, Keith, Paul, Alison... Katie and the twins. The London-UK run-chat mob were coming all the way down to, on cheer squad duties. A meal the night before, and then a recovery session in the pub after was planned. Leading into this, I was beginning to get a little concerned about race calendar congestion. Starting the year with Cakeathon in January, and Portland in February, and then Barcelona in March, I felt one a month was comfortable. I was now hitting a time where I would be truly challenged. Brighton was on the race calendar for almost a year after I bagged myself the lowest early bird price available. But with the inclusion of a last-minute London place, eight, eight days before the planned Milton Keynes marathon, and I suddenly had three marathons in 22 days. And all this before heading into the period of my A-races for the year, with a trip to South Africa for the famous Comrades race of 84 kilometres and Ultrax Matterhorn, a 47k ultra with 12,000 feet of elevation. All in all, 
it was rubber shorts time all around. I'd gone down to the coast the day before. It is a packet pickup at a local event venue, pissing off everyone who comes down from further afield. Other than London, most UK marathons post out the race packs. Brighton maybe has delusions of grandeur. The expo was not anything like the London equivalent. It was almost pointless and no more than an irritation. I'd met up with the aforementioned mob for an Italian meal and despite raising for pancreatic cancer UK, the twins, Colin and Keith, who run for MNDA, the Motor Neurone Disease Association, were feeling unwell. To show solidarity, I said I would run on their behalf and would wear their charity vest, if the charity could get one to me. Which they did, after a lot of faffing about in traffic. It was a £300 overnight stay in a particularly average hotel, all for the sake of ease on race day. I didn't even have a window to look out of, as I was on the lower level, or the basement as I call it. But it did the trick, and ahead of time I was posing for group photos in Preston Park, and singing along to Sweet Caroline, the local football team anthem, as the club manager was the guy lucky enough to get us all underway. The race can be looked at in several parts. It starts in the city at Preston Park and you loop the park, then do a few large blocks around the town, the pavilion, going out and back on yourselves. I found this part of the race a little disheartening as you see people going out, then back and alongside and then the other side of the street and the other side of a small park and you don't know how they got there. There were more water tables with just high five energy drink and gels for nutrition. We had been told that there would be more than they had planned given the heat wave, making them closer together and we were advised to drink little and often. This is something I do anyway. I tend to rinse the mouth, spit, drink a couple of gulps and then pour the rest of a cup of water over my head at races. Once you get out of town and finally hit the seafront, you head out east, up a long, slow hill towards the race course and the golf course. This was a nice long there and back, and you could really feel the kilometres ticking over. I took a pee break here against some random concrete structure that was turned into a well-used urinal, and kept going past the blind veterans building and as far as a tiny village before turning back towards town. It was blisteringly hot. People were walking on the pavement and being shouted at by a marshal on a bike to get back on the road. And me? Well, I was enjoying the waves and cheers from fellow MNDA vest wearers as mile 11 became 12 and we were now descending to the beachfront and the pier. After a very long run along the front... After a period on residential areas and up and down a very long commercial street, you turn left and into the power station stroke industrial area. There would be no support and only one water table. It would be horrible. But I was okay with it. I saw the twins who had secretly come down despite being ill, such as their commitment to their charity and, and the money that they spent was not recoupable. 
I got them mixed up again, to be fair. Keith was in a bad way, but soldiering on. We chatted for a while, with me calling him Colin. Uh, he had tripped and cut his hand. I wanted to make sure he was okay, and he said that he was, and that he would keep going. But I was starting to cramp up at his pace. I needed to stretch my legs, or I wouldn't be able to continue. The only water table in the industrial estate had run out of cups. Yes, seriously, it had run out of cups on probably the hottest day of the year. Which is a little annoying. So people were drinking out of the two-litre bottles. I drank from one of the high-five bottles. Ten gulps. That shows how dehydrated I was. But then I was off again, turning, turning finally to head back out of the industrial estate. People were dropping like flies too. They were vomiting because their salt levels had dropped so much with all the sweating. That and they'd taken on too much water. It was carnage. But carnage that I would finally break free of and get out onto the beach path that would take me back to the finish just in time to have my iPod die. My iPod had hinted at it back in the industrial estate, with the robot voice telling me, battery low. But, just as I hit the promenade and spied the pier on the final stretch before the finishing straight, the dreaded beeps meant that I would now have to go it alone, and rely on the crowd, rather than a selected number of tunes specifically designed for that final sprint. I ran alongside a Joe and a Jenny and was cheered on as part of a keep going Jenny and Jenny's running friend cheer before running side by side across the finish. When I ran the Brighton half the year before, the mismeasured one that doesn't count as a PB, not that I'm bitter, I did say that the finish area was a total nightmare and it was. This time around, it was even worse. After you finish and collect your medal, t-shirt and limp past the bag drop, you hit the race village and discover it is a disaster. Yet again, they have let in every family member. From a clueless grandma doddering about, trying unsuccessfully to control several unruly toddlers to mothers with numerous pushchairs and dogs on string and swollen pink granddads moving at a snail's pace, loudly moaning that there are a lot of people here. It took me over half an hour to get out of the race village. And by then, the joy of completing the race had all but worn off. Still, at least I had my friends waiting for me at the pub and an ice-cold pint with my name on it. And to the question of which race should take silver behind London as the UK's second biggest marathon, Manchester or Brighton, I am mostly undecided. They are much of a muchness in terms of organisation, cost, atmosphere, but personally, other than the industrial estate... Brighton probably shades it slightly on the route. Next up, the London Marathon. <laughs> 